Hey, uh, this is your co-host, Aaron Lammer, and we've got something a little bit different for you here. It's an article read aloud, uh, Last Chance Hotel by Joshua Behrman and Rich Shapiro. Josh is, of course, a friend of the show. If you've heard his episodes, you know that he is the author of the story that became Argo. And Last Chance Hotel is another suspenseful, rollicking tale full of adventure, get-rich-quick schemes gone wrong, and international intrigue. It's published by New York Magazine in partnership with Epic Magazine. And for the next two months, the story is available exclusively in Apple News+. Plus. Part one's out today, June 4th. Part two and three will be published on June 11th and 18th. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to listen to the show. And when you get to the end of the preview, you're going to go to the show notes, click through to Apple News+. Plus. You can read the article in the Apple News Plus app, as well as hear the audio version on your iPhone. Last Chance Hotel by Joshua Behrman and Rich Shapiro. Available now only in Apple News Plus. Subscription required. New subscribers can try it one month free. Thanks very much to Apple News Plus for sponsoring the long form podcast. Here is Last Chance Hotel. Last Chance Hotel, Part 1 This is the first installment of a special four-part original series. A bankrupt music promoter wanted a payday. His detoxing son needed a fresh start. But when their plan for an epic Nas concert in Angola went awry, they found themselves trapped thousands of miles from home. Written by Joshua Behrman and Rich Shapiro for New York Magazine. Published in partnership with Epic Magazine. Narrated by Dion Graham. Please be advised, this article contains adult language and discussion of drug use and suicide. Prologue Patrick Alaco Jr. was drunk and confused, sprinting through the back alleys of Luanda, Angola, a place he barely knew. He'd been out partying with some new friends, Osvaldo and Erickson, at Club Mega Bingo, a nightclub of choice among the lucky Angolan youth who had real money to spend. Patrick Jr. had shared late nights out with these guys before and always had a good time. The place was big, with flashing lights and a heaving dance floor overlooked by a DJ playing hip-hop, reggaeton, and kizomba, a local genre of romantic rhythms. Patrick Jr. liked hanging out with his new circle. He and Erickson had become particularly close. But on this night, something had gone wrong. The way Patrick Jr. remembers it, there was a guy he'd never seen before, Danilo, who was massively built, bald, and humorless. In the bar, Patrick Jr. had gotten pretty well lubricated, but people kept insisting on more drinks. Have another. I'm good right now. But you must. I'm all right, really. Just one more, my friend. Patrick Jr. noticed that Danilo was glaring and getting uncomfortably close, behind him, next to him, towering over him. The night went from fun to a little weird to alarming, and Patrick Jr. got nervous and left through a rear door. There, he got into a scuffle with security, who picked him up by the belt and tossed him out like it was an Old West saloon. His shirt was torn, so Patrick Jr. shook it off and started walking. Then he noticed Danilo following with Osvaldo in tow. Patrick Jr. heard them running, and before he knew it, he was running too. He kept turning corners, trying to lose his pursuers in the warren of small, dark streets. He cut left, then left again. Dead end. 
Panicked, he looked around and saw a small opening in the fence. Beyond, it was pitch dark. He climbed through. A few steps in, Patrick's feet went out from under him, and he plunged through a broken grate into a sewer. Or maybe a drainage channel. He didn't want to think about the precise source of the water as he lowered himself to his chin, hiding from Danilo's approach, his keys jangling as he got closer, calling to Patrick Jr. that he would find him. Submerged in the dark, Patrick Jr. was well concealed when Danilo and Osvaldo walked right by. He waited and listened for the sound of Danilo's keys to recede. Neck deep in filthy water, he considered his situation. A few months earlier, he had been a homeless heroin addict in New Jersey. His father, a broke music promoter, had convinced him they could turn their lives around by arranging a complicated but lucrative hip-hop concert on New Year's Eve in Angola. It was more complicated than they'd imagined. Things went awry, the authorities took their passports, and now they were on the hook for a lot of money. The guy they owed was a local promoter known for his clout and coercion. There were stories about his detaining or extorting other hip-hop artists, from Fat Joe to Ja Rule and DMX. The Alacos couldn't leave until they paid back this guy's money, which they didn't have. They had been stuck in Angola for weeks, and now Patrick Jr. was hiding in a sewer, completely lost and nearly naked. When it was finally quiet and he hoisted himself out of the water, his pants caught on something and slipped off, along with his shoes. He managed to grab his shoes, but his pants were gone, along with his wallet, phone, and keys. So Patrick Jr. was wearing only wet sneakers and underwear as he climbed up the wall of the dead end and started walking across the sheet metal roofs, looking for a way out. He could hear people below talking in their houses, and he could hear Osvaldo and Danilo every so often in the distance. It was slow going on the roofs, which were thin and clanged easily. Patrick Jr. treaded carefully, searching for beams, until a misstep sent him crashing right through a ceiling. There was immediate chaos. He had landed in someone's closet at 4.30 in the morning in his flannel boxers. A father jumped out of bed, also in his underwear. The entire household was awake instantly, yelling. I'm sorry about your roof, Patrick Jr. said, dazed but uninjured. There were children crying. There was an agitated grandmother. Patrick Jr. tried to keep everyone's voices down and offered to pay for repairs. Get out, the father yelled, dragging Patrick Jr. to the door where Danilo and Osvaldo were waiting. Danilo knocked Patrick Jr. to the ground. I knew we'd find you, he said. Patrick Jr. was still trying to understand what was even happening. Osvaldo had been his friend. They'd gone to see movies, spent the day at the beach on Ilia du Cabo. How much are you worth to your father? Danilo said. Get us money or you're never going home. Now Patrick Jr. got it. I'm already captive here, he thought. And now, a shakedown? Patrick Jr. sensed that this was Danilo's idea and couldn't tell if Osvaldo was in on it, going along in the moment or maybe even trying to help. Either way, Patrick Jr. felt betrayed. I thought we were brothers, he said to Osvaldo. Danilo wrapped his belt around Patrick's arm to drag him along. Patrick Jr. was still shirtless, so Danilo put his vest on him, which felt like an odd touch. Tell your father we want a million dollars, Danilo said. But Osvaldo knew his father didn't have that much money. 
So as Patrick Jr. was being paraded in his underwear and Danilo's vest, he listened to them arguing about the ransom. What about half a million? I told you they don't have that. Soon, Danilo's demand was $10,000. Patrick Jr., both amused and annoyed that Danilo came down so fast on his price, explained that his father didn't even have that much. Fuck you, Danilo said. Get us that money. Danilo dragged Patrick Jr. along the street. You're never going home unless I get that money, Danilo said. Then Patrick Jr. saw that they were near the U.S. Embassy. He knew it well from the times he and his father had been there, hoping American officials could intervene on their behalf and get them out of the country. He knew there were Marines there. Patrick Jr. went limp, using all his dead weight to drag Danilo down with him while yelling, Help! Soon, they were surrounded by embassy guards. The Americans took Patrick Jr. to the embassy's security booth, where he sat in his underwear and Danilo's vest. He didn't recognize any of the guards on this shift. They tried to figure out the commotion. What happened? Where to begin? He started to explain, but the way Patrick Jr. wound up there, scratched and bruised, was a misadventure full of so much bizarre detail, folly, and general confusion, it sounded like a farce. The guards just needed the basics. Who are you? One asked. My name is Patrick Alaco Jr., he said. My father is Patrick Alaco Sr., and we are trapped in Angola. That was Last Chance Hotel, Part 1, written by Joshua Behrman and Rich Shapiro for New York Magazine. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Part 1 of Last Chance Hotel. If you want to read or listen to more Tap through in the show notes to part two in Apple News Plus. Thanks very much to Apple News Plus for sponsoring this. We'll be back with a normal interview next week.